Let's continue with our daily Bible reading, this time in 1 Chronicles, now in chapter 21. So a few comments before we get into this chapter. This is definitely a chapter that makes us uncomfortable because we like to think of God and his love. We'd love to quote John 3, 16, for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. But even in that, we have to realize that in giving his only begotten son, he's going to allow his son to go through hell for us. He's going to have to suffer the punishment of the wrath of God. In love, we also punish too. And God punishes us as well. When Jesus is in Gethsemane and, and he's speaking to God the Father, he talks about the cup of God's wrath and it makes him sweat even drops of blood because he knows what that's going to be like. We do not have a mamby-pamby God. Do we? we do not have a God um, who is... Um, uh, who is not strong and powerful, who doesn't demand perfection for us, and, and a God who is, is perfect himself. That's our hope, um, that, that when we get to heaven, uh, God is going to make sure everything is perfect, and it's perfect always. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't have any hope of that at all. And, and many other examples, and, and also to say that what's going on in the heavenly realm uh, between God in, his, in both his justice and his wrath and in, in his mercy and in his grace, this doesn't come easy. I think after a while, we just expect God always to, you know, just to be merciful to us and gracious to us, to give us what we don't deserve um, and, and uh, not give us what we do deserve. And yet that's the very God that, that scripture shows to us, the truth about God, that God loves us so much that he disciplines us and um, and God is true to his word and he, and he doesn't change he doesn't flip back and forth like you and me um, as I told you a couple a couple of days ago I said you know my kids learned that when I said to them when they asked me of you know, something well I'll think about that they knew that was me being wishy-washy and I couldn't just say to them no I, I can't give that to you right now I don't want to give that to you it wouldn't be in your best interest um, God is not like that fortunately God is not like that so we see the wrath and the power of God, which in the end, too, I'm glad because of the battle that we have to fight on this earth, the battle against Satan. Satan is powerful, but he is nothing compared to the wrath of God. And the wrath of God is going to come out against him. And the wrath and the power of God, as we read about in this chapter of God, you know, uh, trying to decide or God... Uh, 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 you know, he's going to, he's going to punish the people. He's going to, he's going to bring down this wrath upon him. And it's only because he reigns himself back in that, that we don't get, David doesn't get what we really deserve. But yet that says that the God who is on our side is, is a powerful God. He is a God of armies, of hosts, of angels. We look at this world and this world scares us. The hurricanes got us crazy scared. Uh, when we look down in Florida right now, COVID scared us out of our mind. World wars scare us out of our mind. Hitler and, and uh, tyrants uh, scare us out of our mind, but they're nothing. They're nothing compared to the, to the wrath and the power of God. And thanks be to God, he is my shepherd. He is the God who loves me, who was willing to allow his son to go to the cross for me. That's how much he loves me, but he is not some softy God. He is a powerful, all-powerful God who reigns King of kings and Lord of lords, and the devil doesn't stand a chance against him. And as long as we have God on our side, we don't reject him, which is basically what David did for a time, as you read about in this chapter, we have every reason to be at peace. Be still, David says in the psalm, be still, but know that I am God, Baboom, God Almighty, God All-Powerful, who reigns against everything. And when he is in his heaven and he is reigning, you and I can be at peace. No wonder can God, no wonder God says to us over and over and over in scripture, um, don't be afraid. Peace be with you. Fear not. 
fear not. Those fishermen in the boat freaking out in that boat because of the storm that was happening. Jesus comes to them and says, fear not. Then he tells the storm to be quiet and it doesn't happen in five minutes. It doesn't happen in an hour. It happens right now because he is all powerful. So let's get into the chapter. Chapter 21 reminds us again that Satan, that God has an enemy and we have an enemy and he is Satan. It says, then Satan stood up against Israel and he incited David to number Israel. So here goes David. David says, I want to count the people because I want to make sure I've got enough people on my side to protect me. And also it's kind of an ego trip because I want to be able to say, you know, to the other kings around, nah, 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 I've got more soldiers than you do. Again, David is not trusting God. That God has enough to protect David. David should have known that. David, this little squirt of a kid, stood up against nine feet, six inch tall Goliath and only had stones in his slingshot. But he believed then that if the Lord is on his side, he could bring Goliath down. And he did. This same David, his faith like you and me, his trusting God like you and me, up and down, up and down, is one of these valleys. And David's thinking, I'm going to make sure I have enough to protect me. And he forgot about trusting in his God. In fact, he rebelled against God by doing this. Joab, his commander, it says, verse 3, But Joab said to David, May the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are. Joab knew who added to the people. Are they not, my lord, the king? All of them, my lord, Lord's servants. Why then should my Lord require this? Why should it be a cause of guilt for Israel? Joab sees what's going to happen here. He tries to warn David, but David's the king. Joab's his commander. Joab has to do what David tells him to do. This is all on David. Okay. And uh, so, of course, he does. He numbers the people. He gives the count of the people. It's a huge number of people. But verse 6 says, um, or verse, verse 7 says, but God was displeased with this thing and he struck Israel. Now David begins to see the responsibility that, that comes with authority. What decisions you make are going to affect people under you. You're going to make these decisions. You're going to make the mistakes and people under you are going to have to pay the consequences for it. That's what happens uh, in this world. And why we, those of us who in authority, whether that be a parent, um, a pastor like I am, uh, an employer, um, a leader in a church or whatever, uh, those under you are going to pay for the mistakes that you make. It's just reality. So God gives David three choices and they're all three bad. They're all three bad. Punishment is punishment and people around you. So you can never say it's my life. I can do with it what I want to because your decisions, what you decide, um, the things that you do have impact on other people. Always, always, always. Um, and, and it's simply the devil saying to us, no, you can make this decision yourself and, and nobody else is going to be impacted. Wrong. Never happens. Um, we got to be responsible for who we are. So David picks the one where the Lord for three days is going to send his pestilence. And then you read this whole thing. We get a sense of the Trinity of this multi, this multi-person God, if you will. It says, verse 14, so the Lord sent a pestilence on Israel and 70,000 men of Israel fell. And God sent the angel to, to, to destroy it. So we've got the Lord, we've got God, we've got the angel of the Lord. And the Lord saw and he said to the angel who is working destruction, is it enough? Now stay your hand. So here you got to see this. God is always holding back his wrath. He could certainly do it. We have every reason in the world. We are guilty of sin, but God is holding back his wrath. He is gracious. We get what we don't deserve. He is merciful. We don't get what we 
do deserve. But we forget about that. And we, after a while, we begin to think, well, we deserve this because we, you know, we've lived a good life. We've done things for God. No, you haven't. Now, you've only done things because God has been gracious to you and forgiven you all your sins and made it possible to do the works that you do. But it's always thanks be to God. Sola Deo Gloria. To God be the glory alone alone and thanks be to God. So uh, David builds this altar um, and fortunately it's the angel of the Lord, it says verse 18, commanded Gad to say to David that he should build this altar because when you want to get right with God, you got to go to the altar. You got to go to the place where God says he will meet you and that is at the altar. I'm not just talking about the physical altar like we have in church here, but go to the mercy seat of God in prayer. Repent to God, confess your sins and beg him of his mercy and his grace. And guess what? He, and especially in this case here, God is always going to lean to his mercy and to his grace. Sure, he's going to punish, but he's not going to keep doing that. Isn't that what the psalmist says? You relent from sin and calamity. You do not stay angry with us forever. He's every reason in the world to stay angry with us forever, but he doesn't. That's the grace of God. And so David builds this offer. He presents this offering. David, again, acts like a priest. He, he's a go-between between the people and God on their behalf. He's a type of Christ, if you will, because that's what Jesus does for us. He bridges the gap between us and God. David, King David, from his line is going to come the Messiah. So this is prefiguring what the Messiah is going to do. David acts like not only a king, but also now a priest. Again, I've told you about that before earlier. And of course, um, God, God uh, relents and God pulls back. So, um, great chapter about relationship with God, the impact of sin, and how the grace of God always wins out. But we do not have a weak God. He's a God of wrath and power, and he's on our side. God bless you. He's on our side for Jesus' sake. God bless you as you read.